Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so honored today because I have Tommy with me. Tommy G is the CEO of Tide 55 Digital Marketing. Previously, he worked as a life coach, personal trainer, and gym owner. He is a husband and father of two. Thank you so much for being here today, Tommy. Well, thank you very much for inviting me to be here. Absolutely. So I would love for you to kind of dive into your journey in a nutshell of how you got here today, like all the ups and downs, but we'll dive a little deeper in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So I'm just like you. I'm just like you and I'm like you listening or watching. I'm a, I'm a human being doing my best. I'm a warrior of life um, with an idea of what's possible and, um, and enough courage to give it a go. So it all kind of began uh, straight out of college which for us in the UK, I think I was 18, um, and I jetted off to New Zealand. I had family over in New Zealand. I thought I'd go and have a little bit of life experience, see what it's like out there. My auntie actually owned a gym, so I wanted to go and get some experience working in her gym before starting uh, at a gym in my hometown in the UK. I ended up staying for a year and a half. ended up staying there for a year and a half because the country really won me over. It was, it's a beautiful place, but I saw too much opportunity, so I stayed. And I ended up working as a personal trainer in Auckland City, which is one of the biggest cities in New Zealand. There aren't many, by the way. Um, and then from there, I kind of got inspired as to what was possible. And I think that maybe was the first like little step outside the comfort zone, because at the time, you know, I couldn't even cook rice. I was pretty uh, inadequate as an adult, to be honest. So it very quickly helped me understand what you have to do, how hard you have to work how much you have to believe in yourself and back yourself to get even just a client on the gym floor. So taking all that back with me, started a business, um, which was a personal training studio. This is back in 2009. Very quickly, that became a fully-fledged gym. Uh, then it became two units, you know, two big units. Um, we had good time, you know, eight good years of having that, as, as well as being a personal trainer, as well as coaching clients and running personal development events. And then the pandemic came. And when the pandemic came, how this story is supposed to go is, and everything became difficult and everything was, but actually things were already difficult. Things were already really bad. Um, I'd managed to get myself into a bit of a muddle and things were really problematic around me. But at the same time as all that happening, I had to put on this brave face for everybody and sort of pretend everything was okay. So when the pandemic came, it just gave me a little bit of breathing space. You know, I could sit there in my garden you know, with a cup of tea, very British thing to do. And I could, you know, listen to the birds and look at the sky and think, you know, what, what do I got to do here? You know, I knew I had like eight weeks to 12 weeks to sort it out. I thought if I didn't get it done in eight to 12 weeks, then I'm going to be in a bad place. You know, I'm going to be really stuck. So I knew I had some time, but I knew also I needed to move quickly. And I think it took me two weeks before I established a new business, um, Type 55. And I knew that I wanted to, I knew that I always done my own marketing. Uh, I knew I was very interested in marketing. I'd always wanted to give it a go, but almost like needed a reason to move out of the fitness industry, out of the life coaching, out of the, the personal development. Because I was so in it and I built a bit of a name, a name for myself. I was quite established, but I always wanted to try other things. Yeah. So it gave me the reason, the, the, uh, the ability, the permission almost to go and do that. 
And so I went in, went all in on that. And here we are, what, two years later, got a, a small team here, an awesome team. Um, we work with so many great clients, different companies, helping them with all kinds of marketing from social media to emails to ads, uh, through to making graphic design and posters and all kinds of things, whatever they need, really. And um, I still stand here, not knowing much. Okay. Um, one thing to understand is um, everybody, <laughs> everybody is somehow blagging it. Okay. <laughs> everybody is somehow yeah. fixing the plane as it flies. And do not ever let anybody tell you otherwise, um, because we're all just trying to do our best. And we don't know what, what that is. That's why we have to try it, because we have got to go and figure it out. So that's it. I know it's probably a bit longer than you thought, but that's kind of how we got here. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, and I appreciate you just being really transparent about, especially during COVID and what was happening prior to COVID. So when you did have that eight to 12 weeks to really reestablish what you wanted to do, what was that process like for you, like on a mental level, your mental health? It was really hard because I'm someone who likes to avoid, I'm not that dinosaur in Toy Story. I like to avoid confrontation, um, <laughs> unless that confrontation is on my terms, right? <laughs> so what I really didn't like about it was that I built this, I built this beautiful problem. Um, I had this big gym with great staff, great people that were, were emotionally and um physically invested in being there teaching classes or being a part of the gym team I also had these members right that they love the place they love the place they love coming there. It's part of their life people have met their their partners here you know people would um had uh, met their best friends here you know beautiful things had happened in in these four walls over that sort of eight to ten year period yeah. and I was sort of torn because I was kind of struggling to accept that I had to move on for the sake of everybody mm. um, versus turning my back on them and, and taking something else away from them. Because don't forget, everything was being taken away from us at that point. Yeah. Right. You're not allowed out of your house. You're not allowed to see your family. You're not allowed to do this. I'm going to take that away from you. I'm going to take that away. And like the, the little glimmer of hope that people had of going back to their normal lives was very much starting to diminish. And I think taking, you know, the place they love to work out away from them mm -hmm. um, was really difficult to get my head around. But, I also then had to look at, and I think this is quite good for people listening in, in the entrepreneurial journey. You've got like the, um, the peripheral people in, in life. You've got the people who might be your customers or your clients. Believe it or not, they're not the inner circle. They're, they're the peripheral. You might think they're really important. Yes, they are, because you can't exist if you don't have them, but they're the peripheral. The inner circle are your family. They're your friends, your family, the ones that, that see you at your worst. And I think for me, it was like looking at, looking at that situation and, and, and thinking to myself that if I don't put myself first, then I'm not putting them first. Right. And I care deeply about them. And, and then it was all about, from that point on, it was all about how to do it in the most integral way. Yeah. Because as I already alluded to you today, there is still a gym out here. I'm stood next yeah. to it because I still have the building. So although it's half the size, Mm -hmm. I still have the premises because I'm, I'm a man of my word and I'm, I'm contracted in to pay for this premises. But what I did is um, I had a, my most loyal and greatest member of staff that I had in my, my fitness career. Mm -hmm. And I brought him in and I said, look, it's time for you to do your thing now. So mm -hmm. he now runs his own ideas from inside the four walls. Mm -hmm. And together we make sure the bills get paid, you know? So that's kind of like, where that ended my wife still works in the gym she, she teaches aerial silks oh, okay. and she still has her silks hanging from the from the beams here so it's a place for her to work 
my mum still comes in and does a little bit of work here so that's really important but meanwhile mm-hmm. we've got this little office here where we run tide 55 from mm-hmm. um so it, it kind of all worked out but going back to the original uh, question it was very difficult to find the right way so any advice i'll give anyone that's working through a problematic equation mm-hmm. is that it is an equation all right so it means that you can swap variables out you can try different things on you might not have the answer straight away you might need to do a few sleepless nights you might need to do that don't shy away from that that's maybe what's necessary to bring the energy level that you need to figure it out right. and i always think back to like i'm stood here in front of this big light here and i think this big light here wouldn't exist if it was thomas edison figuring out how to get light bulbs to work through electricity and the story of that is that he's tried what countless amounts of times to get it to work mm-hmm. and then eventually it worked but if he'd have given up after three four five six seven tries and attempts then the world would be a very different place so yeah I love that response because, you know, I think too, in entrepreneurship, it is that journey where Thomas Edison, it was like 10,000 tries that he tried different ways and it might not be you. It's just the environment or how you can like look at it from a different perspective, but not giving up after you fall down. It's okay to fall down, but get yourself back up. And that's what I'm hearing from you as well, too. It's just keep moving through that. I know you talk a lot about mental health and you have a digital marketing agency, essentially with Tide 55, how do you really look at mental health and social media? Because I know you talk about it a lot and it's so important, um, but could you speak to that? Of course, yeah. I think it's really important. And I think that we have to stay in check with reality. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that we can't just lean on sayings and phrases like it's okay to be okay and you know whatever else that we can kind of just lean on. But really, we have to understand that it's, a, it's, a, it's an evolving topic within ourselves. Just like physical health, mental health is an aspect of our well-being. Yeah. And of course, just like physical health, you can have disease. Mm-hmm. And in mental health, you can have disease. Yeah. But then in physical health, you can have just being in bad condition, right? right. You, can, you can have impact injuries. You can have um, fatigue-based injuries. And that's also the same for mental health, I believe. Now, I am not a doctor, so I'll put my hands up now and say so. Um, but I believe I prefer to look at it like that because then I think that people can maybe understand that there are some things that maybe medication is the right answer. Maybe there's something that you need to go and see a specialist about to understand and to improve. But there are other things that are probably bigger, wider spectrum of things that we can sort of make better and help ourselves by, by remedying them with, with habits and behaviours. And our environment shapes that as much as our envi- environment shapes our physical health. If you wake up every morning and you eat 10 donuts, you're going to put on a bit of weight. Yeah. Um, you're going to, you, you know, and, and you're going to feel whatever you want to feel in connotation to how, to how you feel when that happens. And it's kind of the same with like mental health. And I think when we simplify it like that and you think, well, if you wake up and you spend an hour looking at the news and scrolling through social media and getting like triggered and jealous and whatever else, then what's that going to do over a month, over six months, over a year in the same way as the 10 donuts for breakfast is going to make you fat. What's the scrolling every morning and, and getting sucked into the news narrative is going to do for your mental well-being and mental state. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's what I think of it as a, as a topic, I guess as a philosophy and it won't be for everybody, but I think that's the great thing about it. We can all have our own opinion. Um, but in terms of the digital stuff, mm-hmm. I think that one of the biggest challenges that we've got, especially with our future generation, and maybe the generation after is this relationship that we have with technology mm-hmm. um, technology is a tool yeah. social media is a tool this is this is a tool what we're doing now with this camera um through zoom 
that's all a tool so there's choices involved because it doesn't live for itself we apply it mm-hmm. we take it and we use it as a tool yeah yeah just like we would use um, a potato masher mm-hmm. okay that that's a tool you know like a you know potato masher but what we're kind of doing figuratively speaking is we're walking around at the moment with a potato smasher smashing ourselves in the head with it because we're not using it in a positive way right, <laughs> right. and we're going oh why why does this hurt so much? Why, you know, why are my potatoes still hard and my head hurts because we're not using the tool in the in a positive way not in the correct way because maybe there isn't a correct way but at least in a positive way mm-hmm. we're not using that utensil in a in a in a positive way and i think that the work that we do at Tide 55 at the moment we're in sort of phase one which is get to know the enemy get to know where these problems are get mm-hmm. to know how bad marketing can work in a in a really bad way and can manipulate people and understand the nuances behind these tools when they're getting used in the wrong way yeah. to be able to then be able to understand what we're what we're up against i guess mm-hmm. and then do a lot of good uh in in future years so that's kind of where we're at with it because we're only what two years old mm-hmm. but at the moment we're we're having that as in our in our in our minds as to what we're looking to to make an impact a positive impact Mm-hmm. um we also work with positive companies and we've we've um parted ways with companies in the past that maybe don't share the mm-hmm. same values as we do mm-hmm. whether that's in their way of doing business or whether it's in their products literally um so we um you know, we, we're trying our best to to make this area of business a more positive and transparent place mm. I like how you like navigate with also being just so aligned with your values, your core values, and how that represents the companies that you represent and work with. Because I do think when you're so aligned with the missions too, it really does have that positive impact. And I would love for you to share one or two success stories you've had with some of your clients um, recently or in the past as well when it comes to marketing. Yeah, sure. So I'm not going to like bore anybody with like, well, we've got to client that does this and they ended up doing all these things because you know you can fill in the gaps but what what, what i will share is is perhaps something that people can relate to right mm-hmm. is that when you 100 believe that you can help somebody mm-hmm. you have absolutely every right to get in front of them yeah yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. what we did with one of one of the companies is a big company uh they're our biggest client um but they're based just over the road and i would drive past their they they built a new HQ from out of the ground over like a 12 month period. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I'd drive past it every day to go and get my morning coffee. And I'd see like this, this building just rising from the earth, you know, starting to take shape. And I thought, oh, that's really impressive. They're a really positive company. They're really going for it. You know, and I, yeah. one day I just went out, stood in front of their HQ. So I, try, I tried to email them. I tried to get through to them and you know, it didn't work. Yeah. So I stood in front of their HQ and I got my phone out and I recorded a video and I said, I'm stood outside your, your HQ right now. Yeah. And the reason I'm stood outside is because and I just explained to them what I thought they were doing well and what I thought that they could improve. Yeah. And then I said, you would like to understand how I may be able to help you to improve that. Then please reply to me. And, and then I sent that video as a link in an email yeah. with the subject line stood outside your, your HQ. That was the subject line. So yeah. they're like, who is this lunatic stood outside, right? The thumbnail was like me, like stood like this with their like HQ out there. Um, 
now I didn't hear anything for like two weeks, but then the email came through and then the next day I'm in their office and then, you know, we, we sign on a deal that ends up being really good for us and great for them. And that's the thing when, because you could listen to this now and go, Oh, I know what I need to do. I need to go and stand outside loads of businesses and make loads of videos. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because I did my due diligence on that business every day when I drove past it for like a year, it was in my head for that long. And I knew, I just saw these opportunities. I knew we could help. I knew we could do something for them, something great. And they had a they had a hole in their business for us we then came along and filled that hole and it doesn't work unless you absolutely can authentically transparently deliver on what it is that you see as the opportunity if you try and spam everyone with that technique mm -hmm. then you'll get a bad name for yourself yeah you'll feel empty because you'll just be like i'm oh, you know doing all these things and none of them are working so that's something that i can share is that when you 100 believe you can help somebody get in front of them yeah. get in front of them because they need to know about you because they need what you've got right. and if you don't get in front of them how could they possibly help themselves yeah you know mm -hmm. so that's one thing that i was sharing and another thing on perhaps the flip side is um everybody well not everybody but from experience most people i have seen including mm -hmm. myself on numerous occasions when we need money when we need revenue when we need business especially when we're starting out yeah. you do tend to bend the rules a little bit and you might just take on one or two clients or one or two contracts that are not ideal for you mm -hmm. now it's okay because what that is is it's a compromise right. you're either compromising on price or you're compromising on time or you're compromising on energy or you're compromising on your values or maybe all of them Mm -hmm. and you do have to do it a little bit i'm not going to like pretend to like go oh you shouldn't yeah. work with anyone unless they 100 percent fit your values and oh you shouldn't work with everyone because you should know your worth sometimes you've got to cut deals sometimes you have to if you want to get a momentum and you want people to know about you and you want to build case studies you kind of have to do a little bit of that but the key is knowing when to stop mm. because if you get addicted to that right because it can get quite addictive to say yes all the time yeah. um then you'll eventually cause yourself problems and things will start to break mm. so at some point you have to draw a line and say right we've done what we needed to do with that now mm -hmm. let's now set our standards higher mm -hmm. and start making sure that the next set of conversations we have have the initial conditions that we expect rather than that we're compromising on oh those are fantastic. I love how you just explained them too. Like going back to the first example of like going and doing your due diligence of understanding what the product was, what the company was, seeing them build from the ground up. And you're right. You don't need to be like spamming people <laughs> by any means, but being able to do something so authentic to you and your brand, but being able to help somebody too and seeing, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. I want to help you. I want to see you succeed. And doing that, I just think that's such a unique way to really catch somebody's attention of like, I really care about your company and I want to see it do well. I'm not here to be like, I can fix this or because I mean, I get spammed all the time. I'm sure a lot of people do in so many different ways, but the way that you went about it, I think is so unique too. And it's really, I just wanted to highlight that because I think it is important to really understand what the business is that you're like, whatever the client is, customer is knowing who they are before starting to go after them or like send a million emails, but you did it in such a beautiful way. And I think that's what made it work too. And I love the second example because it's really about understanding because I did the same thing in the beginning of taking on clients that were not my ideal client, but I had bills to pay and things to do when I was beginning. And this was years ago, but understanding when to stop is so pivotal in that process. It's knowing you need to get a little like momentum 
but knowing, okay, I'm ready to move on more to the clients I, I want and that I'm going to be serving the best in that capacity. So thank you for sharing both of those. I just like felt like I needed to highlight both of those for perspectives too, because it's on both spectrums yeah. as well. And for people to hear that too, because a lot of times it's like, well, I'm only taking on my clients that are ideal, but you have bills to pay and you're not getting those clients. So it's building that resume in the beginning as well and understanding there's nothing wrong with that. But the key element is stop while you're ahead. <laughs> Don't get too wrapped up into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And also I think is to be careful because it's, it's slightly off when you start, then it's going to be always slightly off. Now, you got to be careful. You kind of can't, one of my favorite sayings, yeah, mm -hmm. is you can't have your cake and eat it. I think it's so underused and under misunderstood, actually. Yeah. It's basically like you can't have the best of both worlds, right? You can't look at it and go, oh, it's a beautiful cake and taste it. Because as soon as you taste it, you can't look at it anymore. So with that, right, mm -hmm. you, you, you shouldn't be complaining about it. You know, and it got, it gets hard. Like for us, it got really difficult sometimes. Oh my God, this is really annoying or frustrating or, you know, but you've invited that on and we, we can hold it. You know, it doesn't, nobody's perfect. It still crops up every now and again for us, mm -hmm. but really it's about going, well, we sort of invited that on because remember we needed the payment, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's okay. We, we need to remember that. We need to yeah. remember why. Yeah. And then, okay, cool. Right. Well, let's, let's calm down that ego and go, right, what can we do to help this person? Or what can we do to help this client? How can we help them understand? Because they see it way differently to us because they're yeah. never going to go, look, um, we've been thinking, we think we're probably going to email you a bit less because we actually think you're worth more than what we paid you. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to do that. You know, no. we're, we're, we're going to approve everything really quickly because we think you're actually, you deserve better. <laughs> they're not going to say yeah. that. You set it up. <laughs> like that, right? right. Um, so they've got their own lives to live. They've got their own problems and their own things to do. So, yeah. But you, you summarize those points really well. And, and it's great that you picked those things out because it's very important that people, and I think people would, would really understand that by, by you um, just bringing those back up. So yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, no, of course. And I, I think, you know, it's, it's about highlighting those things too, because it's not all rainbows and sunshine when you're on this journey <laughs> by any means. But looking back when you started your journey, your entrepreneurial journey, what are maybe two or three things you wish you would have known that you know now? That's a great question. Um, the actual honest answer, which I'm sure many people say is nothing, right? Because, yeah, okay, nothing. But let's give people an answer, right? Um, I, I mean, there's some really obvious things I wish I knew. Like, for example, the local council, they don't go easy on business rates. Like, that's something that I wish I knew. Um, like, when you owe business rates, like, you ain't getting out of that. You're paying it. Um <laughs> So I guess you could take that and say, right, we, there are, there, you need to know all the costs. Yeah. I would ignore them because I wouldn't want anything getting in the way of my, my, my goal, my vision, mm -hmm. which is kind of a blessing and a curse because I think if it did, maybe you wouldn't do it and you'd be like, oh, better not because it might be a bit risky. Mm -hmm. I've always been quite good at like just figuring out and finding my way through and up and under and through. Um, but that's something that I would say if I was starting, I would just wish somebody sat me down and go, right, I'm not here to point fingers or to say that you can't do this, yeah. but you need to understand these things. So how can we get around these things? Cause they're going to come, they're going to happen. Mm -hmm. So that'd be the first thing. Um, the second thing was like, th this is a, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but you got to be able to say no. Yes. And this is different to the point before. This is about, starting in business you you need to 
like if you're a people pleaser or you're somebody who likes to yeah. include other people then you can you can like make deals and arrangements um that at the time they seem like the right thing but those things can change yeah. deep down if you know that it's not quite right mm -hmm. then that is the time to say something and that's what i mean by saying no maybe it's not saying no maybe it's having a difficult conversation yeah um because you can't hide you and if you know it you, you'll sweep it under the rug and you could do that for years and then it could just explode yes. uh we get this a lot in business you know i, I had a situation which i'm not going to talk about but it was to do with people that were involved at the start of a business and then how that ended up with those people Okay. and the relationship they the relationship the initial conditions which is what another thing i've said before but i'm gonna bring it up again is mm -hmm. the initial conditions and the expectations there needs to be everything needs to be said out loud mm -hmm. no assumptions no like holding on to any words in case oh it doesn't really matter i won't say it or or better not because they might think i'm trying to do this that and the other you've got to talk about it you've got to thrash it out so that there's no weirdness because if there's weirdness that weirdness just festers and then eventually it becomes like a decay yeah. and unless you've got the right energy and the right reasons to, to sort of remedy it it will be a problem and for me you know it was, a, it was a big challenge and friendships were damaged because of it so yeah that that's something that i wish i someone pulled me to the side and just said look are you sure this is the right thing to do have you thought about this what about when this happens but i didn't maybe there were people around me that i could have asked i was only 19 20 years old but perhaps i wouldn't have listened to them anyway you know, you got to be ready to hear it sometimes. <laughs> but I love that you said about the people pleasing. And, you know, it really goes back to communication and airing everything out in the forefront, um, having contracts signed, like making sure like what you were saying, the expectations, because I've been in similar situations, too. And I, I wish I would have known that in the beginning. But you're right. It's not holding it in. It's being able to clearly communicate. It might hurt somebody's feelings, but I'd rather hurt someone's feelings in the beginning, not intentionally but knowing, okay, this is where I stand. This is what I expect. And so it's all aired out because when you don't have it aired out, you're right. It builds up, it festers. It's like a bottle and it explodes, like you mentioned of the explosion and not to like ruin those friendships, but really understanding it's not personal, but it's business, but how those lines can blur if it isn't clearly stated. So I love that you brought that point up because I think it's so key to anything we do, whether it's a relationship, a business, anything because communication it's how we communicate it's how we get things done <laughs> in general yes <laughs> yes um, but with that being said i've so been enjoying this conversation but we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them let's do it okay the first question is who is your hero my hero is It's a really hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, I, I feel like there's a, there's too many people that I couldn't choose like a single person. Like my mum, my dad, they, they massively inspire me. My, my grandfather, who's no longer with us, he was a big mentor and a, uh, a real enabler for me. Um, but do, do you know, like if there was a sort of a, 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 a variant of myself that I would choose that version of me that, um, that, that uh, came back from New Zealand, which yeah. I, I, I explained a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. I'd just been out there for a year and a half, took the plunge, and I didn't know anybody, other side of the world, did it, came home, and I just thought I could do anything. But actually, 
something really terrible happened within like a month and a half of me being back that's when my younger brother passed away from a a under undetectable heart condition um just suddenly passed away five days before his 14th birthday mm-hmm. and everything everything changed as you can imagine from that that point from that moment but that version of me from there mm-hmm. still had enough up and out still had enough courage still was so naive to the world that he just nothing was going to stop him from doing what he wanted to do and sometimes I think back to that person or that time a version of me and it intimidates me because I think you didn't know anything really but that was what made you so beautifully naive is that you just you just did it you had you had the wind in your sails and you just did it and I think sometimes if we're not naive and we know too much we can stop or slow ourselves down um through doubt and just through sort of being a bit more fearful towards things so in a long-winded answer it would be that raw naive still very wounded but powerful version of me that started all of this and I do sometimes think back to those times and I listen to music from back then sometimes as well and I just get myself back into that come on let's go like frame of mind yeah yeah. yeah. You know, you brought up such an important part and I'm so sorry for your losses as well. Thank and, you. you know, I think it's when we're, we know too much, we become a prisoner in our own mind and it yeah. stops us. And, you know, you said it so beautifully of how looking back to where you just went, you just did it. You didn't think twice about it. Maybe you thought twice about it, but, <laughs> but you pushed through it and you accomplished so much. And I think that's what allows us to just really go for things because as we get older, there's more fear that sets in, there's more responsibilities, more roadblocks that we create ourselves. But when we're younger, we just kind of were like, let's do it, let's go. And I think it's like having that inner child spirit of just like, we can accomplish anything we set our mind to, but our mind is so powerful that it could stop us, but allowing ourselves to take a step back and realizing we have the power within ourselves. And I love how you said it as well. So I just wanted to touch on that quickly. That quick, but. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm sorry that the, uh, I'm sorry that the, um, the quick fire answer was probably longer than the other answer. <laughs> That's okay. Like I said, you know, I'm switching it up. It's okay to. We'll try again. Up. We'll get, we'll, we'll get quick now. <laughs> uh, so, so what motivates you to work smarter? Um, time time um knowing that if i make things harder than they need to be unnecessarily if there's no lesson involved there's no benefit i'm literally wasting my time therefore i'm denying my loved ones from spending time with me or from benefiting from my output in life so yeah time yeah i like how you said that um, so if you were a superhero what would be your power or powers bs detector oh Okay. I would, yeah, like, so it's more so the other person sees the little, like I could have like a little radar on top of my head uh-huh. that was like, beep, 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 beep. like, so if somebody was like BSing, like making some shit, yeah. sorry, can I swear? Can I swear? Oh, yeah. I have now. Someone was saying things that were not true and was yeah. conning themselves, you know, almost, you know, making them lying to themselves. They'd be able to see it because they'd be saying it and they'd go, oh no, he knows and I know now. So it's more about <laughs> the person saying it, knowing, hey, come on. <laughs> that'd be cool <laughs> i haven't heard that one <laughs> so if you were to share a meal with any four individuals living or dead who would they be bruce lee mm. kobe um david beckham mm. 
And you said four, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I'd be pretty stoked with those three, to be fair. I think five would be a crowd because um, I'm there too, right? Um, <laughs> the, uh, the creator of Batman, I think his name was, I think it was Bob Kane. I'll say that. I don't I think know. It's, I think it's okay. Um, because I think, I think that would be really interesting. I think that would be really interesting. I think all, all of them would be anyway. That would be a fun table. Very insightful. Out of those, I think David Beckham's the only one that's alive. That's, but um, that's interesting in itself, I guess. That, that is. That is. Hmm. That would be a really good table, though, to be at, <laughs> I think. A lot of wisdom. So what is the most daring thing you've ever done? Um... Physically, I think uh, I've done a skydive and a bungee jump. I think a bungee jump is probably more uh, terrifying because you, you are quite literally just saying to yourself, I'm going to jump into my death now, you know, because you don't have a parachute. There's no like, yeah, but no. you just, there's a bit of rope, you know, um, pretty scary. That's, that was, that's pretty scary. But, but I, think, I think, to be honest with you, um, going, going for this transition mm-hmm. um, into this business has been, it, it, you know, you, again, you don't see the, the terror or the fear. You, it's almost like it's chasing you, so you just run forwards, yeah? yeah. But when I then stop for breath and look back, I go, flip it, heck, that, that was scary. Like, if that didn't work, if I jumped and didn't land on the, you know, on the ground but fell off the cliff, that would have been, that would have been bad. So I do, I do think, and I'm not, I'm, by all means, this chapter is not closed Mm-hmm. But I think that it's definitely something that I'd hoped when it began mm-hmm. that I would be able to look at and think, yeah, if I've done that, I can, you know, I can do other things too and draw strength from it. I'm starting to kind of get to that point now. So, yeah, that that would be that would be. Um... Well, that is extremely daring. And so, what is the phone app that you use the most? I I think that the so i have video leap oh yeah right which is which is actually um i I probably do use it the most to be fair because i use it a lot for work um but that is a i mean for anyone that's making their own content and doing video editing it's such a great app to use um and i've just got myself a fitbit so i imagine i'll be using that app quite a bit too because i think it's good to know your your vitals and keep track of all of your health uh, stuff as well so but yes, definitely video leap at the moment. I, I mean, I spend like hours on it. Mm. Just that's, I'd rather use that than the computer. Yeah. It's a little easier, right? Less to carry around or be in front of. You could be anywhere with your phone. <laughs> yeah, uh, and just the functionality is so good. I, I believe that. I haven't used it yet. I just recently heard about it. So now you're the second person telling me it. I need to look into it. <laughs> yeah. And what is the last book that you've read or listened to? So there's this... um. There's this one here that I have with me um, that you can, I think you can get on Amazon, but it's called Obvious Adams. Oh. And for anybody that's, I know it's it's a bit of an enigma. It's like very well spoken of in certain circles, in sales circles. Mm. But it's a great book um, that kind of, in a nutshell, it's only small, it's only thin. Mm. It's it's basically, uh, I think it's so valuable, this point of view, but, it basically says how in sales and marketing, mm-hmm. the best road to go down is always the obvious one. 
And I yeah. think that um, when you're being paid money to come up with marketing ideas and strategies and you can feel like you have to reinvent the wheel and that you have to come up with something imaginative and creative and super out there. And I think a lot of marketing companies do that and then waste a lot of budget because mm -hmm. they miss the obvious. Mm. One of the best things that a client can say to me when we're you know, talking to each other across the board table or you know, in the phone, on a phone call is, oh, man, why didn't we do that sooner? you know what why didn't we think of that and what that says to me is that's perfect for us because I didn't do it earlier I didn't think of it because I was too busy running my own business and I didn't see it but I know that it's a great thing to do and for me that's like great we are right on point with this idea if it's something like oh my god that's a great idea why didn't we think of that earlier it's beautiful so obvious Adams that's uh, the last one I read and it's not the first time I read it I read it a lot it's only thin yeah, yeah. Adding it to my list. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> um, so if you were to have a movie about your life thus far, who would play you? Um, I was going to say Johnny Depp then, because um, I was like, I'm hoping that we'd be able to sort of give him another job. Um, but, uh, you know, he's probably too old because most of my life so far has been... Younger. <laughs> like, you know... Um, <laughs> But I'll stick, I'll stick with that because he's pretty good. He is a, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah. And, you know, makeup artists are great. They can make him look younger or he could play your dad. <laughs> yeah, CGI. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think, um, see you, Darcy. Oh, I think that um, he can put on lots of different characters. And uh, to be fair, I've probably done quite a few different characters of, my, of myself in, in my life so far, doing different jobs and different things. Yeah, yeah so that might be a good one. I think so. I think it's a good fit. I could see it. <laughs> and what is your favorite family recipe, whether it's one you make together as a family or it's traditional? I don't really have one, but my mum is, um, well, she always makes flapjacks. Mm -hmm. um, now, the thing about it, though, is everybody loves them, uh, but I don't know if they're all just being polite Oh. or they're actually the same as <laughs> yeah there's a bit of a twist in the tail here because some of them aren't very good uh, she knows that i know i say this to her right yeah. but some That's of them are, it's like some of them are really great and some of them are just not and uh i'm always saying to her can you just make more of the ones that taste good please can you just make more of the ones that are nice and she's like oh yeah but, but sometimes it's a bit of a lottery so you know um i think uh before <laughs> before it's too late i would like her to teach me her famous a uh, collection of flapjack recipes um, so that I can uh, at least take the good ones with me. <laughs> it's good. It's in life, you know, you got to follow what's obvious of what's good, <laughs> what's not. Hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Um, so if you were to describe yourself as an animal, personality type style, what animal would you be? I think, um, so my, my wife's always saying that if we were cats or dogs, I would be a cat. Um, I'm a, she says I can be quite um, unpredictable and change moods quickly. Mm -hmm. um, my, my eyes can turn quickly and into, she, she describes it as like fierce and piercing. Um, but I can also be super laid back and chilled and just slouch out and do nothing. So um, we, we divide our family into cats and dogs. So my, my uh, daughter and I are cats and oh. um, my wife and my son are dogs in their nature and they're puppies. Um, so uh, any sort of cats and dogs people out there will 
will know the difference in the two uh, generally. And yeah, I think I'd probably be like a, maybe a tiger would be a bit more cool than just a cat. Um, so yeah, I'll go for that. I'll go for tiger. Makes sense. <laughs> I love the differentiation with the family too, cats and dogs. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite way to spend a day off if you are not working for clients or anything, but you're just focusing on enjoying your time? Rarely does it ever happen, but if, if it was to happen, I would go somewhere completely new uh, to a different town or um, a different village or something different. And I would just be there and I'll just see where, what the wind brought to me and where it took me. Um, I think it's good for, you, for us to go to new places because it stimulates our brain to be more aware of things. Mm-hmm. And I think without having any or having very little normal patterns of play in place, Mm-hmm. it can be quite refreshing for your energy and for your soul. And I think it's mm-hmm. whenever I go anywhere, anywhere new, I always um, like to sit and just be um, and just l- like let the world kind of dance and interact with me in, in, in a sense, you know, if that makes sense. So uh, I would just go somewhere completely new. It doesn't happen like much. I've got two young kids and lots of things to do. Um, but if I did, that's what I'd do. Mm, I love it different perspective, different lens. It just helps the psyche. Um, and what is something an yes. outsider wouldn't know about your industry? That, let's, let's go for something uh, that's gonna, let's go for something that's gonna make a headline here. <laughs> All right, here you go. That, that, it, that it really doesn't matter how many followers you have on social media. Mm-hmm. it doesn't and here's why um imagine if you had the choice between bear in mind that we've got to live in the real world here with this analogy so say you had see you later so you had ten thousand followers right um but those ten thousand followers were not like we're talking business sense were not your target market at all mm-hmm. for anything that you do mm-hmm and then you had a hundred that were, and every time they saw something from you, it brought you a little bit closer towards the sale. Mm-hmm. I think most people would rather have the hundred. Now I'm not going to take any answers, any smarty pants answers about, yeah, but a thousand people might be able to, or sorry, 10,000 people would be able to tell lots of other people. Well, yeah, but they won't because they don't care. Right. They yeah. just don't care. Mm-hmm. If that's the case. So I, I think if we can reframe in our heads that stop chasing followers, like it doesn't matter. Just keep doing what you're doing. If you get, if you get a follower, celebrate the follower. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that's a human being. That's a real person. Most cases, sometimes it's not, but that's a real person that's gone. I want to know when you say something, I want to be able to see what you post out into the world. When I look at my intimate phone, which is my thing that I'm looking at my possession, my 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 personal time yeah because when we use our phones we use them like this right we don't use them like like this and show everybody we're, we're using our phones like this you know what it's like if someone comes up over your shoulder you you hide it or you turn your you switch your apps off because you don't want someone because that's your personal time you're looking at things so if somebody is looking at your content and they're looking at it intimately and they're taking it in then that could be worth so much more to you in your business than having 9,999 more people that you're invisible to in Mm -hmm. terms of context. Mm 
Oh, that is a really good Because you only need one. You, you just yeah. need that one person that could be the perfect person. Could be the perfect person. It might not even be that that person's your client, but they might have a key that unlocks this secret door of opportunities because of their position at work. You just don't know. You just don't know. That's so true. I love that you highlighted that because I do think so many people get caught up on the follower count where it's not, that doesn't equal follow or um, sales. And I, I love that you really put it in those hundred people might really be about what you're doing versus the other 9,900 that you might have or want um, or continue to grow, but it's just continuing to show up as your authentic self. And I, I love that. I'm going to throw in one more question um, because I know you're a dad and you're a husband. How do you manage to integrate work, life, family? What does that look like for you? Oh man, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to pretend I've got the answers because mm-hmm. it's really difficult. But what I can share is something that's worked quite nicely for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost come up with... Um, I always come up with a proposal every time um, I think I want to change or modify my routine. Mm-hmm. So classic example, I now wake up at half five in the morning. I go do my workout before everything starts. I get a bit of me time, gets my head, gets my energy into the right place, mm-hmm. stops me being all grumpy with my kids in the morning when they wake me up. But instead, I'm responsible for my own wake up. I'm responsible for my own energy. Nobody is taking anything away from me in the mornings for at least an hour and a half. I go and work out. I come home. I get there before the kids wake up. And then I do breakfast. And they get the best of me. Everybody gets the best of me. I feel good because I've done what I want to do. And it's all good. But before I did that, I had to almost... And the reason I say come up with a proposal is because you've got to help your partner understand, Right. In the same way as you would like help a client understand how it might be a good idea if you do this thing, you've got to almost go, look, I, I want to I, I talk to you because what I've been thinking of doing is this. Mm-hmm. Um, by doing this, I think it will help me to do these things. It will help you to do these things. What do you think I should do? Ah, oh, what a question that is because mm-hmm. too many times, and I know from my own mistakes, too many times when you impose a change of the partner, I'm getting up early to work out. See you later. Like your, your partner's like, what, what, how, when, what, who? Mm. And you're just causing a problem, right? So if you go, what do you think I should do about it? Mm. Isn't that what we're there to do? Support each other. So you end up getting, most of the time, you end up getting a positive. Yeah, I think that would be a really good idea. If you don't, then you're going to get a really great reason why it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. A reason that maybe deep down you knew already or a reason that you didn't know, in which case both are good. Um, but that would be my advice. So like, look, it's, it's never easy. Everyone's lives are different. Everyone's demands on time and energy are different, but everybody can take this advice on board. Talk to your partner, talk to your family member, ask them what you think, what you think they, hang on, what, ask them, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? Ask for their advice because, um, it will get you, it will put you in the right place. Oh, I love it. I love that question. I think it can be so powerful and just changes the conversation. And what we were talking about earlier, communication, it's not just in business, but it's with their relationships too. Um, But where can people find you, Tommy? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. Yeah. um, Tommy Gentleman is my name. It's really easy to find me. Um, On Instagram, I'm just at Tommy Gentleman. Same on Twitter. LinkedIn is probably where I post the most, to be fair. So please come and connect with me on LinkedIn. 
just search for Tommy Gentleman. Um, if you want to know anything about the work we're doing at Tide 55, it's just Tide 55. So T-I-D-E 55.com. Um, and you'll see kind of what our gig is all about on there. But um, yeah, just come and say hello. Any of you um, have any questions or even just want to sort of share anything that you think was useful and relatable, then I, my inbox is always open. But more than anything, like I would love to know about you as well. So let's connect and see what, um, what, what it's all about. Well, thank you so much, Tommy, for coming on and sharing all your wisdom. So make sure everyone to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Tommy? Definitely DM him as well, because I'm sure he would love to hear it there. But we would also love to see it too, because you might be helping somebody else get a little nugget as well. But thank you so much, Tommy, for all your vulnerability and just being so transparent through this journey today. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, you're awesome at, uh, at interviewing and asking questions. Thank you so much. And we will see you all on the next video.